bless each and every one of you here this morning. I tell you, at Victory, we, we don't just do uh, drive-through uh, fast food. We, we give a nice full meal and spread a banqueting table. We have testimony. We have prayer. We have exhortation. We have encouragement. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not going to leave here hungry. Hopefully you won't. You still got to get up to the table and eat. Amen. It could be, the table can be spread, but you got to eat. Amen. This morning, uh, we want to just share a little bit of vision, share a little bit of uh, what God is doing through Victory Church and what God is going to do in Liberia over the next week. We have this opportunity to partner with a fellow Assembly of God Church, a sister church, if you will, in Liberia, led by a humble but a great pastor who's doing a great, great work in Monrovia and throughout the country. We have a great opportunity to partner with them. That means to be on the same team, working for the same goals, moving the kingdom of God forward. I'm so blessed that God has given our local church an opportunity to make a global impact. Come on, I'm talking about us doing something bigger than our own life, bigger than our own world, bigger than, than what maybe we've done before, but being able to partner with and impact a church, a ministry, bring encouragement, Liberia. And so this morning, I want to have Pastor Lisa come and just share a little bit. Brother Bernard is also going to be making the journey with us. But Pastor Lisa has had a vision uh, and has worked hard and has gone through uh, the spiritual battle to see the vision come to pass. So would you just open up your heart? Would you welcome Pastor Lisa this morning? Thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. Amen. We are excited to be getting ready. We're packed and ready to go. We had our grandson on Friday, and when he left, I was doing some final packing, and I found a little plastic tiger in my luggage, so I think I might leave it there and take it with me, but we are excited to go. Um, I just like to always give a little bit of a reminder of how this conference began. I just checked our registration for Women of Judah, and we have already 56 ladies, so kudos to you gals for signing up, um, and so, and registration just opened up for the public, so we know that's going to fill in. This is our 13th year of Women of Judah, and it's our third year of Judah Conference Liberia. And for those of you who are not aware of it, many years ago, after one of our Women of Judah conferences, I just started feeling a desire to take Women of Judah to the continent of Africa. I didn't know which country, I didn't know when, but I just felt like God was gonna do that. And we started to plan, and then COVID struck, and, you know, everything that we talk about on a timeline in the last few years has been open, and we had to wait. But the next year, after the next Women of Judah Conference, we reached out to Pastor Zebe. My husband and I, for the last many years, have been calling him Pastor Zebe, but now we have found out that it's actually Zebe. So we are pronouncing that right. Everybody say Pastor Zebe. Thank you. We have a lot of Liberians here. I heard that. That was good. And we reached out to him, and he was very excited to have us come. But his, one of his first reactions was, but what about the men? So we started praying, my husband and I, and we decided to open it up and have it be a women and men's conference. 
and it is called Judah Conference Liberia. And the wonderful thing about this conference is we are ministering together with the men and women together. Brother Bernard will be coming and doing the same thing. We are gathered together, speaking into men and women's lives. And that is directly related to women of Judah because the premise of women of Judah, you should know this by now, finding the freedom to worship in the midst of the battle. In other words, praising God when everything else is going downhill. That's what that means. And so before our first conference, I reached out to a few of the Liberian ladies right here at Victory. And I asked them, what do you think about this premise? Would this work? Is this something that would be a blessing to the country of Liberia? And they all said, yes, go with the premise that we have for women of Judah. And so that's what we have been doing. That's what we will be doing this year again. And let me just, let me just uh, interject this. God might speak something to you to do for him. He might put a desire in your heart. It does not mean it's going to happen right away. Most of the time, actually, it doesn't happen right away. But just pray and wait and pray and wait. Write it down, pray and wait. Have someone praying with you that has that kind of faith that, yes, this will come to pass. And that's, what, that's why we're on our third journey to Liberia. God opened that door, and we are grateful for that. Pastor Zebe has been here. My husband had been to his church many years ago as well. So this was developed out of relationship, and we're excited about that. I want to share briefly, um, the first year that we went, we met a pastor, and his name is Pastor Isaac, and he's been just a wonderful, wonderful blessing in Monrovia with his ministry and his church. And I didn't find this out until after, but when we got home from conference number one in 2022, yes, 22, Pastor Zebe sent me a message, and he said, one of the pastors has an incredible testimony. And I said, please have him share it, send it to me. And he did. And what he shared briefly is for three years, his young son, I believe when he left home, he was about 15 or 16. And for three years, he had been away from home, away from God, away from the way that he knew to live for God. And Pastor Isaac came to this conference burdened. How many of you understand burdens, burdens weigh us down? Things that we're praying for, for years and years and years, they could weigh us down. And he came burdened, but the Lord spoke to him and said, listen, Pastor Isaac, the premise of this conference is finding the freedom to worship in the midst of the battle. So what he felt to do is, okay, let's put the prayer on hold and let's praise the Lord for the answer. Well, we got back from that conference and we received that testimony from him. So last year, we went back to Judah Conference Liberia number two in 2023. I was able to meet Pastor Isaac's son. He is involved in that church. He is helping his father with the work of the ministry. Okay, so when I met them and met his wife and met the family, I said, okay, now I have an assignment for you. You, Pastor Isaac, and you, Abiola, that's his son's name. I said, I need you to pray for my son now. Well, I want to tell you, we're going back to Liberia for Judah Conference Liberia number three, and my son's life is turned around completely. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's because we have found 
the freedom to worship in the midst of the battle. It is work. It is exhausting. I was speaking with someone recently, and they, we, they, we were just talking about when sometimes before God, you just weep and weep and weep, and it's, it's exhausting. But those tears are for a purpose. God is storing them up, and there's going to be a harvest. So we're going back this year, and I cannot wait to hear even more testimonies from the men and the women and the pastors and their wives and the leaders of the testimonies that they are going to have because of this conference, not because of people, not because of my husband and I, but because of God. This was God's assignment. And so, again, I like to tie in when God puts something on your heart. It might not be the same thing that's on my heart. But what you are being asked to do, God isn't asking me. But I shared in our life group the other night, Wednesday, it's all level ground. What one does for God is not more important than the other. We might be flying, getting on an airplane for a very long journey to go to the other side of this o the ocean to minister to someone. That is no more important. Listen, hear me, please. I mean this. That is no more important than you doing what God has asked you to do. That might mean on Thursday going in and sitting with a homeless man in the cafe while Cheyenne and Joanne have made uh, shepherd's pie for them, and they're sitting there eating. That meal that was made is just as important doing that for God as us getting on a plane to go to the other side of the ocean. Sitting with that man at the table you don't know where he's at. He might be at the, at, the, at the place of desperation to just end it all. But you sit next to him and you give him a kind word and a word of hope and encouragement. That is no less important than what we are doing for the Lord way over in Liberia. James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Do you want God to answer your prayers? You've got to live righteously according to God's word. And if you're not sure what he says about how we should live, get in the word and you will know. Because when you live a righteous life before God, he hears those prayers and he answers those prayers. Fervent prayer is that model of passionate and sincere calling out to God, whether out of thankfulness, repentance, or need. Just call out to him. Just call out to God. But then when you couple that with praise and you thank him, see, worship is worshiping for who he is. Praise is thanking him for what he's done, but what he's also going to do. And we have to ask God for that vision to see what he's going to do. It's hard to see past the battles, past the trials, but God will show us. He will show himself faithful. Psalm 66, 17 says, For I cried out to him for help, praising as I spoke. Praising as I spoke. As you praise the Lord, things begin to happen in the unseen realm. And that's important too. Don't go by what your eyes see. Keep praising. Keep worshiping. Keep believing. I know Pastor Isaac and his wife, they had a lot of worshiping. They had a lot of praying. They had a lot of tears. But he came to that conference, and the Lord said, praise me for the answer now. And when you learn how to praise him for the answer, God turns things around. Exodus 14, 14, one of my favorite scriptures, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. Another translation, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just 
stay calm. That doesn't mean just stay lazy. It doesn't mean just kind of, you know, rest in the lazy boy. It means press in in prayer, but let your spirit can rest in the Lord. But we are excited. We, we are believing that God, I said this, I was meeting with somebody the other day, and we were just talking about how God stretches us. And I, this is what I said, and we were like, wow, that was really good. So you can definitely quote me on this. You ready? Stretching enlarges our capacity to trust. Think of that the next time you feel those stretching pains. God is using the stretching to enlarge your capacity to trust. Because outside of struggles and trials, we're not going to learn. But I want to tell you, as we prepare, we are, we are ready to go on this, on this journey. I cannot wait. It's one of my happiest places on the earth. Maybe some of you will come with us one day. We would love that. But please pray for us. There are battles happening even now, um, even in Liberia, right now, things that are happening in people's lives as they are planning and preparing for us to go and minister to them. So pray for Pastor Zebe and his church pray for our travels, pray for us. My husband has three extra services this year. They've added nightly services. One thing about missions, they don't necessarily ask you if you'd like to add services. They add them, and then they tell you that you are going to be ministering there. So my husband, of course, is more than happy to do that, but please keep him in prayer, and Brother Bernard as well, and we will come back with some good testimonies. Amen. Brother Bernard, would you come? You know, it's when I was thinking about going to Liberia, you know, I said I have to travel back home in December. Then I have to come back. I have to go back to Liberia. But while I was thinking, it's my job, I was thinking, well, I cannot be out so much time. You know, go, come, go, come. As well as you are the leader of the, you know, of where you are walking. So I said, well, I will see what I will do. So I, I didn't pray about it because sometimes I will just say, I have to go and see how that goes. So while I was preparing to, to go to Freetown, then I was talking with my boss. I said, hey, by the way, I have to go to Liberia in March. You know, he said, well, how are you going to do it? You go and come. I said, wait, the God, Lord God will give me strength. And I believe I will be able to go. So then I said to Pastor Richard, I think I will go. You know, at that time, I was confident about myself that I will be able to go. But one thing, after everything I've prepared and set to go, then... You know, someone who is above me, you know, in the corporate level, he said, but Bernard, you have been going to vacation for so many times now. He said, how do you get to go? And I said, well, in December I went to vacation. 
But in March, I'm going to the church with, on a conference. I said it's not vacation. So when I'm talking to them, I'm talking about conference. When they are talking to me, they are talking about vacation. But I thank the Lord I'm privileged to go. And all that that matters is the devil is, in, is having a big trouble because, you know, he doesn't want me to go. But I want to thank the church. For one thing, you have been praying for us. And that's what we need. Prayer to take us through. Because without your prayer, we can stand. So therefore, I encourage you. The paper is out in the foyer. Sign up every day to pray for us. Because when you pray, things happen. Miracles happen when you pray. So today I want to talk about receiving your miracle from God. Because I'm all pumped up, ready to go. But I cannot go without your prayers. Or we cannot go without your prayers. So therefore, we need your support as we go. So Mark chapter 6, verse 34 to 41. You know, Jesus has finished preaching, very tired, wants to go on the other side to rest. But then those that were following Jesus knew exactly that we cannot leave this guy alone. We have to go. With him wherever he is. Because why? They are having a good word from the Lord. So they want to continue listening. And therefore, they want to follow the Lord. And it says, because of the multitude of people, and the Bible says, Jesus was moved with compassion. That means he didn't want them. They followed him to the other side. But then he was moved. And therefore, he continued to preach to them. But I want to say to you today, one of the greatest miracles you have with you that you didn't know is that when you wake up every morning, you breathe. That's a miracle from God. Take this from me. Every morning when I wake up, I have to shout hallelujah. The reason is because I'm alive. You cannot put an alarm clock close to a dead body and allow it to wake up. It won't happen. It's not the alarm clock that wakes you up in the morning. It's God that wakes you up in the morning. If you believe it or not, you try and see, but don't try it. Because you will find yourself on the other side quick in heaven. But first, four steps to receive your miracle from God. I'll make it quick. You first identify the problem at hand. You know, Mark 6, 35. Can you put that up for me, please, if you can? Mark 6, 35. It's not up there. I'll read because I have King James. I will read the new King James, but I think I'll just read from mine. It says, And when the day was now far 
spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is, the, this is a desert place and now the time is far past. So the disciples identified the problem. That means where Jesus was teaching the, 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 the people, it was a deserted place. It was a desert. So they figure out in their head, there will be no food, no drinks, and nothing to eat. So the problem is, they are in a desert place without no food. So you first identify the problem. The second part to read. Accept the responsibility of the problem. So, Mark 6.36. Send them away that they may go into the city, to the country round about and into the villages and, and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. This is serious. We Christians, we don't want to accept the responsibility we have. Why am I saying this? They know they have the miracle working God with them. They are present. And they know they don't have food or drinks to eat. But yet still, their vision was so small. And they decide the only best we can do, Jesus, send them away so that they can buy food. Now you see, Christians, we are quick not to take responsibilities of our problems. We always look to see who we can pass the buck to. The disciples clearly did not see what God can do. They requested Jesus to send them away so that they may go into the country and villages to buy food for themselves, for they have nothing to eat. After sitting for hours listening to the master, the only thing the disciples can come up with is to send them away. Therefore, when we go to Liberia to this conference, we, you know, pastor always, we always say it, we have to give them food. And that's the right thing to do. You know why we don't give you food in church here? Because, you know, you leave 12 o'clock, you can go get lunch for yourself home. That's the problem. We don't keep you that long. But if we are going to keep you that long, I believe we are going to feed you. Because, you know, we have Judas conference here. And most of the time, we give them breakfast, we give them lunch. Then they can be able to sit down and listen. But if the stomach is not full, nobody can listen. Because after some certain time, you are thinking what you can eat. What am I going to eat? And then the service becomes null and void. Because you won't be able to concentrate. But you see, the problem is the disciples decided to pass the buck. And they don't want to deal with it. That leads us to my third point. Wanting to receive a miracle from God. You know, I talk about miracle. But there are times when you, the individual, you want to receive the miracle from God. Isn't it true? 
So when you pray, what do you do? You believe God for your miracle, right? You want to receive the miracle. So this is what happened in Mark 6, 37 and 38. He answered and said unto them, Go ye them to eat. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He said unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And what they knew, they said five and two fishes. Wanting to receive a miracle from God. Listen what Jesus said to them. Give ye them to eat. Now, the disciples are thinking of going to buy food. Let them go buy food. And Jesus is saying to them, no, you can give them something to eat. You see the miracle at their doorstep, right? It's right there. And Jesus is saying, give ye them to eat. The disciples meet what Jesus was asking them. Are you ready to receive the miracle from God? Our hearts need to be in line with God, right? The disciples focus on going to buy bread. Jesus' focus was the bread and fishes. We are here with us. They are in our midst. And I can. I know that God is able to do it. When you have faith in God, you will always believe and trust in God for a miracle. Believing and trusting in God are the two components that will increase your faith in God. If you believe and you trust in God. Remember, all of us are in this church because why? Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. So what did it take us to believe that he died on the cross? Was I there? Were you there? No. But you believe and you trust that Jesus died on the cross preaching to, was, you know, having his, um, um, preaching to his disciples as well as. So he was so hungry after finished preaching. So he went to the fig tree. He went to get food to eat. There was nothing. So he cursed the fig tree. He cursed the fig tree. So on their way coming back, Peter saw the fig tree. It was withered away. No fruit. And he said, Master, Master, the tree that thou cursed, has withered away. And Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. If you have faith in God, as the preceding verse says, Mark eleven twenty three, you can, I mean, Mark eleven twenty three says, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart and believe that what you said, ye shall come to pass and you will receive. How much can you have faith? I remember when I was back home in my young age, when I came to Christ, what happened was, um, you know, um, um, that time my late wife, Fanny, you know, um, um, she was not a believer. She was a Catholic. So when I met her, I was able to get her into the church. And funnily, the name of the church was Good News Assemblies of God. And that's the church we went to. And now I'm going to Liberia and we'll be having the conference at Good News 
in Liberia. So good news is following me everywhere. That's good. So while we, we, we are together, we decided to form this home group. We started to have Bible, you know, study at home. Then Brother Ken, who is a, a you know, a consult, I mean, um, CPA that does a book here in the church. So both of us and then with another sister, four of us, we started this home cell. This home cell grew to, to I mean, to capacity that, I mean, we... We, we, we don't know what to do, but God was moving mightily. So therefore, we, 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 the, the, the motto or the logo of the House of Fellowship Ministry was Mark eleven twenty two. It says, our faith in God. So with that one, we move on into the different towns and villages. We have crusades. We have, I mean, just outreach. And most, oh, no, let me tell you, the first people that come when you put the stage and you put the speaker to, to just blast for God, the first that comes are the children. Then you see the, the, the older folks coming in. So we have this ministry that we did open, that God has been moving. We send all the converts to the Bible-believing church in the areas which we are. We went to Good News Assembly. It was nearly about um, 20 people. The church was started, and then we were at that church. We start having this home cell. We start having these missions. We start having these crusades. Before I left to come to America, I'm telling you, we were over 150 in the church because of the House of Fellowship Ministry continue to evangelize and pour people into the church. The fourth and last, it says expect a miracle from God. You have to want the miracle and then you expect it, God will give you the miracle. The disciples in Mark 6, 39 and 49, 39 to 41, it says, and he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundred and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the leaves and gave them to his disciples to sit before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. The disciples faced a crisis of faith. I want to say to you, brethren, what did they face? They are saying, how can these five loaves and two fishes going to feed 5,000 people? When you pray for a problem, or sickness, or you are in a difficult situation when you cannot solve the problem. You go through a crisis of faith. That means, is God going to answer my prayer or not? I'm telling you, brethren, when you pray, just believe God is going to answer your prayer. If God can't answer your prayer, he will give you something else in place of what you are asking. Because what you are asking is not in line that God wants to give you. But you want it. So not always what we ask God for you, can, you are going to get. 
But God will find an alternative to what you're asking for. And he will give you because he knows that that alternative will be a better choice for you. When you go through a crisis of faith, you believe and you want to trust God that this problem that I have will be solved. God is going to answer. God is going to take full control of your problem. I want the church to know that the problem is not yours, but God's problem. When you pray, just believe God will answer your cry. Have faith to believe that God will answer you when you pray. And believe the answer will come. Jesus prayed and blessed the five loaves and two fishes. And he gave to them. And it was able to feed the multitude that we are there. Is it not a, pro is it not a miracle from God? I know I'm on Wednesday, um, Pastor Lisa was talking when he was doing the thing. Talking about him. Um, you know, the blessing that Jesus feed the five, you know, I say, God, Pastor Lisa, don't preach my message because I know, you know, I have this message all lined up to talk about this morning. But I know he was just talking, you know, to know about the provision of God, that God can make provision for you. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter whatever situation you are. God is a God of miracle. God will surely answer your prayer. As we go to Liberia, we believe that God is going to perform great miracles. The blind will see, the lame will walk, the deaf will hear, because God says, I have ordained you. I have given you power to tread upon scorpion serpents and over all the powers of the enemies and nothing by any means will hurt. Do you see the miracle? Do you see the miracle from God? You know, I was, normally I go through my phone once in a while. And I watch these, you know, they have some comedians who just do funny things. But then the biblical one I pay attention on. So this boy took, this guy took his phone. Maybe some of you have seen it. And he asked these two girls. He said, I'm going to ask you a question from the Bible. And he says, you know, how many People did Jesus fed? He said, if you answer, I'm going to give you the phone. If you have the answer correct, I'm going to give you my phone. Then two of the little girls, they are thinking, thinking. Then he said, 5,000. And he said, ah, I have to give my phone. But he said, you know what? You need to ask me question from the Bible. So the little girl took the phone. He said, okay. He said, what are the names of the 5,000 people? <laughs> so if you don't know the names of the 5,000 people, she was so smart, huh? So she took the phone. And she pulled the SIM card. He said, you can have the SIM card, but I have the phone. You know, these are just funny things we look. But true, we don't know the, five, the names of the 5,000 people. So that's an easy way. Because he said he's smart, he knows the Bible. So if you can give those 5,000 names, then I believe. But in conclusion, miracles would happen if we acknowledge these problems are not bigger than God. Only then will the power of God and his divine miracles are manifested. As we go to Liberia, we believe for God's miracle. Finding the freedom to worship in the midst 
of the battle. As I was preparing day and night, I sat down, I shut the TV, no news, no nothing. I just focused. I said, God, I need you to walk in this message. And I believe it will be a blessing to them in Liberia. Moreover, I'm part of Liberia because Sierra Leone is next door. And also, I was married to a Liberian, my late wife. So, but what happened is our parents immigrated to Sierra Leone. And she was born in Sierra Leone, that is um, funny. And she belongs to the Kuh tribe. So, but I called her British school because she never speaks Kuh. So I will be there to visit her land. Which will be both historical and blessing for me and the boys. But I know for sure one thing. God is going with us. God will be with us. And his power will reign. As Pastor Richard will just, will, um, will minister in those um, three days crusade. We want to see God move. We want to see the power of God moves. We thank the church and I'm blessed. And I thank Pastor Lisa and Pastor for giving me this opportunity to go with them. God bless you. Amen. Let's all stand together this morning. What a good word. And one good thing about it, Brother Bernard, you will not have to worry about the time. You can just preach and preach and preach. And you preach 20 minutes, a half hour in Africa, they'll think that's, that's the announcement. But uh, I want to just close with a word of prayer. Thank you so much for that good, good word. You're going to be a blessing. You are going to be a blessing. Amen. Philippians chapter 1 says this, Paul said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He's talking to a church that he had been at and had started 10 years previous. He said, I thank God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now. Paul said, for your partnership in the gospel. He was talking to a church that he had founded 10 years previous, and he said, you have been a partner with me for the last 10 years. I'm not asking you this morning, do you believe in Jesus, but are you a partner in the ministry of Jesus? It's easy to believe in Jesus. You can go to a million churches in this country and just be a member, be a, a believer, but are you a partner in God's plan, in God's, God's kingdom advancement? And that's what's critical. Partnership means that we're all together in this thing and that we all play a different part, but we all get to share in the victory. If you ever watch a football game, a Super Bowl, a World Series, these professionals, when they, after they're interviewed, after they won the game, you, you, we can learn something from them. We can learn that they understand partnership. And right away, they could have won the game, they could have been the main player, but they will quickly defer to the coaches. 
They will defer to the offensive line. They will defer to the other players. Then when they interview them, they interview the coach, the coach will defer to the players, meaning that they understand honoring one another and that there's nobody uh, that's an island unto themselves and there's no one that, that just wins the game on their own. There's a partnership. And so I share all that to say, biblically, that's what Paul understood. Maybe your, your translation says fellowship. We relegate fellowship to a cup of, cup of coffee or a meal after church with a couple of Christians. That is not necessarily fellowship unless there's something of God in that relationship and there's something of kingdom business. So I believe a better word is partnership. In, in many translations, I believe the New American Standard uh, uses the word partnership. So what we're encouraging this morning, that Victory Church is in partnership with the leadership that we are impacting a nation, we are impacting a church, we are impacting others, and that we all get to share in the rewards before God. Amen. But how do we partner? We partner by prayer. We do not say that lightly. I know personally I can't go, we can't go in our own strength. We know that we need the prayer support. So we, we ask you sincerely, we ask you uh, passionately, please pray for us, fast for us. We are going, we are in partnership with you. So that means whatever we do, you share in the rewards. Amen. That's biblical. Jesus said, if you even give a cup of cold water in my name, you will in no wise lose your reward. What was Jesus doing? He was dignifying the simplest act, and he was placing it on a level of rewards that others get. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that one day God is going to judge all of our ministries. Hello? He's going to judge all of our ministries. And you know what? It's not going to be based upon the quantity. The verse says, upon the quality. So that makes it level ground for all of us. We're not compared with Billy Graham. We're not compared with a church of 100,000 or 10,000. We don't compete with one another. We complement one another. So when God judges us, he does not judge the quantity. So you don't have to compare with me or Pastor Mike or someone else. You, before God, it's all about the quality. That means the heart attitude. That means why do you do what you do? How do you do what you do? Do you do it because of love? Do you do it because of faith? Do you do it for the glory of God? Or is it self? Or is it ego? Or is it for your own kingdom? So this morning, I want to encourage you, please pray for us. We need your prayer support. We need you, like Aaron and her, to raise up the arms of Moses so that the battle could be won. We need you to give, to be a blessing. We're feeding everyone that comes to that conference, breakfast and lunch every day. We're going to bless them. We're going to bless this church. We're going to help We're going to help them do something significant, and we want you to be a part of that. So please pray, please give, and also please be faithful to the church when we're away. Amen? Amen. Are you ready to pray this morning? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the partnership in the gospel. Lord, we don't only partner across the seas, but we partner in the ministry across the streets. God, we thank you for those that do ministry on a, on a local level, but also on a global level. We understand we're partnering with missionaries around the world, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, feeding the poor, teaching people, ministering to people. Father, we thank you today that our church is making an impact 
across the streets and across the seas. So God, we pray a blessing over victory. God, we know we're blessed because we hold the world dear to us just as you did, Jesus. And so God, I pray a blessing on your people. I pray, oh God, that you would meet every need as we leave this place, God. We leave full of the Spirit, full of the Word of God, and full of faith. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. You are liberty to go. Greet someone. Encourage someone before you leave. In Jesus' name.